Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Loving Family Podcast, where we talk about all things polyamory, parenting, queerness, and love in the modern age. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Modern Loving Family Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Jensen Loving, and it's so good to have you all back listening with us. We did want to just like take some time and say, I don't think that we anticipated as much, um, as many listeners as we've gotten. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's wild. Yeah. Um, so shout out to like all of our listeners in the UK, Ireland, India, Norway, um, and all across the United States. Um, we are close to 600 downloads now um, overall. And yeah, it's a little wild. So thank you all for tuning in. And uh, we hope that we are fulfilling your natural human curiosity about our (laughs) wild and wonderful lives. I think that's the nicest way you've said it so far. (laughs) It is. I mean, in other words, we're happy that we can fulfill your your nosy selves. So um, on today's episode, we are talking about family matters. So we are going to be talking about coming out to our... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You had a date. Yes. Uh, Okay. So... You, deets details. We're gonna hear about that. Sure, I had a date. Um, actually, and then we all like had like a little polycule family date. It was that was adorable. It was pretty cute. That was wholesome. Yeah, it was very wholesome. It was definitely a wholesome polyamory moment. Um, but yes, I had a date with one of my comet partners, whose name is Jade. Mm-hmm. Um, Jade. Uh, does not use pronouns, so Jade uses Jade's name as pro- name as their as Jade's pronouns. I'm slowly getting there, um, but yes, we had a date. Um, the last time we saw each other was this summer, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the time that I came home and y'all were watching X Files and folding laundry. I think that was the human cancer episode or something, right? It was, because I remember coming in and being like, oh, this is definitely X-Files. It's definitely weird. Shout out David Duchovny. (laughs) Um, But yes, I had a date. So Jay used to live here in um, Arkansas and moved out of state. And so I don't see Jay that often. But um, whenever Jade does come into the state, Jade always like makes sure to make time for me, which is incredibly nice um, and very sweet. But yeah, um, we got to catch up. We met up on, um, on South on Main. Jade showed up with um, a bouquet of my favorite flowers, which is like super romantic. And then we went to Reduno. And yeah, we just kind of like got to sit in Bernice Gardens afterwards and catch up. And it was great. And then the next day, um, we all went out and had like a nice family dinner. Carl got to finally meet Jade, mm-hmm. which was super nice because like Jade and Kendi and I go pretty far back. Jade goes even further back with you, actually. Like oh four oh five. Yeah. yeah. And it's then wild. I met Jade originally in like twenty fifteen at a protest um, when we ended up in somebody's car after running from the cops. If my parents are listening, it's fine. It was fine. We weren't doing anything illegal, and you didn't have to bail me out. And there were only, like, two black people in the car, so <laughs> half of it was safe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's where Jade and I originally met. Um, and so, yeah, um, it's great. Like, we got to just kind of catch up, and um, Jade has two other partners um, who I haven't met in person, but we're all Facebook friends. Um And yeah, it was just really nice. And like, after we had dinner, um, I was chatting with Jade a little bit and Jade was like, actual kitchen table polyamory. Like, that was so cool. Like, we all just sat around having dinner and it was great. So, so yeah. And we made the next table very uncomfortable with our love for each other. I think we did. (laughs) It's not like there was a bunch of PDA or anything, but like. No, we just like talked about how we felt about each other and like what was going on in each other's lives. There were definitely some sideways glances. So um, if you were at Tokyo House a couple of nights ago and you were really confused, well, now you know. So. And knowing's half the battle. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Thank you, G.I. Joe. <laughs> Thank you for going there with me. So, um, so yeah, I had a very lovely date. And, um, Jade was wonderful. I, I am so glad that I had a chance to meet Jade. Yeah, I'm, I am too. It was like so weird that you hadn't until that point. So, But it was so natural for us all just to be yeah, together. Yeah, like right? it wasn't weird or anything. Mm-hmm. We no. all just like, we're hanging out. I mean, well, we're weird in general. Well, yeah. But like, 
it wasn't a weird feeling. Yeah. There was shared weirdness. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Yes. Um, our, our kid uh, has very, very loudly exclaimed, I like Jade. <laughs> Through mouthfuls um, of, of fried rice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, Jade showed up at our date with this huge bouquet of flowers. And so the next morning, um, whenever I came downstairs with our kid, um, there's this huge bouquet of flowers on the table. And she's like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, those are some flowers that mama got from Jade. Wasn't that really nice? And without skipping a beat, she goes, I like Jade. <laughs> so, so yeah, apparently it's pretty easy to buy my kids love. Just buy her some flowers and yeah. Feed her good. fried rice. And feed her fried rice. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my date. Um, I don't know. How do y'all feel about me going on a date? It was great. I got a lot of housework done. <laughs> <laughs> and you got leftovers. I did get date leftovers. and that. So for the folks that are listening out here, the real point of polyamory is to get leftovers after your partner's various dates. If they don't bring you leftovers, they really don't love you. It's true. Yeah. It's true. I got pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I think you've even still got a couple pieces in there. So, like, oh, you're I, welcome. I, I, I'm thankful. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, it is really great to see you out with a comic partner. Well, with any partner, but it's it's evident how um, how fulfilling it really is to be able to, again, spread your love and not feel like it is quantified to one particular person. Right. It is, it is easily given... Um, to people that reciprocate it. And mm -hmm. so it's really special to see it. And actually, I mean, I see it with you and Carl all the time, but when I get to see it with Jade coming in, it just, it, it reminds me how, you know, how loving, you know, not to point it, not to be trademark or last name, but how loving um, this journey really has been and how yeah. it's going. You had a tough week last week. I did. <laughs> you deserved every second of that day. And I loved seeing you happy. Aww. Mm -hmm. Y'all look great. I love you both. And we love you. Yeah. Aww. I'll share my pizza with you, Carl. Thanks. <laughs> and I with you. Yeah. It is It is vegan pizza. So, I mean. I mean, I'm not likely to order it then. But, <laughs> but, but you'll take leftovers. But leftovers are always on the table. Yeah. Leftovers are leftovers. Like if you go to a, a conference, you get swag. I mean, it's mm -hmm. free. You don't really need it, but you get it. So are leftovers the swag of polyamory? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's, we will trademark that. So. <laughs> If you're listening out there, don't steal that shit. Yeah, we're gonna put that on a t-shirt. That's ours. It. You can buy it soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you both for your support and me getting to go on a date last week. It was really nice, and I I love being able to like go on dates every now and then and feel that like very early spark because it reminds me of my early spark with y'all. So, not that we haven't like completely abandoned that early spark or anything. I feel like I've had NRE, new relationship energy, with the two of you from, like, jump, so. I, I would agree. Like, I don't know. I, f I feel like we've we've preserved the spark, as it were. So. Like, a, like a can of pickles. <laughs> a can of pickles? A jar, excuse me, a jar. I was about to say, well, since when do pickles come in a can? Hey, man. This, this, it, I don't know. But some of our listeners in different countries might have pickles in a can. Okay, I will say this is another wholesome polyamory moment. I did have a jar of pickles here last week. My dad made a batch of whiskey okra pickles. And unfortunately, um, they're really difficult to get open. The nice thing about having two partners is that you have one to loosen the ring lid and then you have the other one to come in and finish the job so thank you for um and that's not a euphemism nicely, nicely done, oh Rita. good yeah. lord candy <sighs> on that note <laughs> we're going to talk about families <laughs> you have have you been drinking you haven't even been drinking you've got tea i do have tea i i am completely sober i'm just wow. that witty you are my so, apologies <laughs> We want, we've had a lot of questions um, regarding coming out to your family, and we have, we have several different layers to this, right? Because I had a pretty, I had one kind of not good coming out experience with my family, and then I had one really positive one, and it has continued to be positive and continued to be supportive. Kendi has a less positive story, and then Carl has a has a kind of fairly positive story as well. Um, 
And so we've all kind of navigated this at different life stages. So I came out to my family in my early 20s, as did Kendi, and then Carl just recently. And Carl had to navigate coming out to both a parental unit and children as well. So we're all gonna kind of talk about our journey with that today. So Carl, why don't you start us off? Well, I mean, I'm normally a pretty private person in general. You are. And don't, don't like to share a lot of stuff. This whole podcast thing has um, been a very big learning experience for me. And I appreciate all of the support that I've gotten from you and Candy and from all of the listeners out there. I feel very supported and loved uh, by, by the community. So, um, As you well should be. And, but, that's, but that's the thing that makes being your authentic self easier. Right? Yeah. Knowing that no matter what happens, that they will be there and they will support you and they, they may not understand and they will ask a lot of questions. Yeah. But but having the freedom and the courage to live that way uh, was really important to me. Again, I've talked a little bit about this in the past and some of my past dating experiences trying to... Um, move on past uh, my divorce I've had a couple of partners since then and um, had to um, I was in basically a don't ask don't tell kind of relationship with my last partner where um, we were in a polyamorous relationship but families didn't really know a lot about what was going on and so we were being secretive about everything and it was really hard it it, it takes a mental toll yeah for sure for a while and so I really wasn't talking to my family about it um I eventually came out to my mom and to my dad yeah and my mom was pretty cool with it she definitely still doesn't quite understand what's going on and has a lot of questions which uh, makes for great community segments on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) and um uh, my dad has passed away in the time since then but uh my dad and i had some excellent conversations during the last um couple of years of his life Mm -hmm. where really we just we got to talk as human beings i i had grown up afraid of my dad yeah Uh, and anyone any of you guys who know my dad my dad was a very kind friendly person yeah but spent my entire childhood yelling yeah and so i i am still very sensitive and very um uh you know triggering uh to that kind of that kind of behavior and so i was afraid of my dad until i was in my late 20s probably yeah. hmm. uh, and then he had some um circumstances going on in his life where we got to sit down and we got to really talk as fellow adults about our lives and our choices and the things that we had come to do. And so from that time, we, we related together, and especially as I became a teacher, because he was a teacher as well. And so we got to relate um, uh, because of our, our careers. But later on, right, and so um, in my 40s, right, when I come out and I tell my parents that I am dating this other person and they are married and everybody is cool with everything Mm -hmm. they definitely didn't quite understand what was going on um and really just kind of let me do my thing but didn't really question me about it so they trusted me and my parents have always trusted me and i've and i'm knowing that they had that support for me behind you know behind the scenes definitely makes it easier to do that as things went on and as I joined this relationship right I one of the things that I wanted to do was to be more proactively open right and I mean that was and that was one of the conditions boundaries that I had too was like you know you don't have to necessarily come out to everybody but like there does need to be a circle of people in your life that know about us because like what if what if we break up like Mm -hmm. I wanted you to make sure that you had a support network Mm -hmm. well and I wanted again I was at a point in my life where I was tired of hiding things and I was wanting to be more authentically and live authentically. Um, And so very early on, after, after we started dating, I sat down and I talked with my mom and I told my mom about what was going on and she was all, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Your face is great. And again, I didn't quite understand yeah 
what was going on, but had some questions and threw some things at me and, um, and I told her at that point, right, that I hadn't told the other people in my life. And so this was really just kind of between, between me and her. And I was figuring out the way to tell the other people around me. And so, um, the most important people in that were my children. I have two children, they're 20 and 19. And as they are becoming adults and they have seen me grow quite a bit over the, over the past few years as well. And so it was incredibly important for me that they not only know about what was going on because I don't like living one life with them and a different life with other people. Yeah. And that definitely got very old. Well, and that's a parenting thing too, right? Because like you want to model for your children. I mean, that's why like even from Jump, I've been so open with Dublin. And I have I have a lot of privilege in being able to do that. Um, but I can definitely see why it was so mm. important for you. Well, and, and, and the divorce I had gone through it was very traumatic on them right. as well. Yeah. And so I was being very careful about the way that I introduced people that were part of my life yeah. to them. Because they... Uh, they mean the absolute world to me and I don't want to introduce them into a situation that um, is unstable Mm -hmm. in any way and um, but it became more important for them to see me being happy and me trying to work toward something and work toward being openly happy Mm -hmm. in a way that I haven't been in several years yeah and so I finally sat down and I was on a road trip with my son and got to sit down and talk with my son about my son about it. And my son just said, okay, <laughs> because that's how my son is. And my son very much sort of takes everything in and processes yeah. it. And then down the road, right. He's had a couple of questions, but for the most part, he's been very cool uh, and very accepting toward the things that I want and the, and the ways that I'm trying to make me happy. We've actually grown quite a bit, I think, over just the there's the uh, revelation of that, right? Yeah. And, and just the the me opening myself up and being vulnerable, yeah, to mm-hmm. them in that way. Yeah, my daughter's had a little bit rougher time over the past few years, and she's been dealing with a lot of personal issues on her own, and and so I've been very um, delicate with how right. I treat her, yeah, and uh, probably to to my detriment, right? And I've probably been too careful and too working with uh with kid gloves and stuff but that's Um, like a really hard line as a parent like you you want to protect your kids mm -hmm. like no matter what so that's perfectly understandable you know exactly what she's been going through so why would you not try to be delicate and and i just yes and introducing other elements um that might disrupt uh the you know the stuff that she had going on i really didn't want to do that um but it got to the point right after we had been dating for a few months that I definitely started feeling that push and pull versus life, life here versus life here. Yeah. And, and so I finally just decided that I had to sit down and I had to find a time where I could sit down and talk to her about it. Um, I had already introduced you guys into her life as friends. Right. Certainly. Mm-hmm. And she had met you guys and she knew that, that we had hung out and she knew that, that y'all were part of my life. Yeah. I have a lot of friends. I'm one of those people who, who has a, a pretty big friend circle. Right. And so they're used to seeing me around lots of different groups of people. And so that really didn't face her an awful lot at all. But um, taking the step forward and including her into that part of my life and that personal part of my life um I thought was very gratifying uh, and mm-hmm. she was very warm and accepting and welcoming yeah um uh, she came uh to you know the birthday party yeah. for the mm-hmm. child after that mm-hmm. and really engaged and, and and continues right to mm-hmm. to be a part of and and, and you know, asks how you guys are doing and, and asked how our date went the other night Aww. <laughs> so um in in that sense that was one of the hardest things that I've done is in my polyamorous journey. For sure. But the payoff for it was absolutely worth. Yeah. And I mean, I know that like you, you're saying, you know, well, maybe I, you know, handled the situation too delicately or whatever. But I mean, I think honestly, I don't know if I would have handled it any differently 
because I feel like the way that you approached it was really smart and really sensible and made it a really safe kind of conversation to have, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that had to have been a really good conversation for you to have, very healing for you, because that whole, you know, kind of push and pull that you were just talking about, that had to have been very triggering for those past relationships that you had to kind of keep a secret. It weighs it weighs on you, right? Yeah. Keeping yeah. your hiding a truth. Right. Or or trying to live two different truths, right? right. And there's always a clash in there. Um, and so that let's say that very difficult thing turned out again for the effort that went into it and the care that went into it has been an incredibly positive yeah. reaction that I've had since then. She, and I think as, as someone who is trying to find her own happiness and her own path and her own journey, seeing me actively working on myself and seeing me actively in therapy and in a relationship and doing these things to move forward in my own life, mm -hmm. I, th I, I hope has helped her learn that it's okay for her to find her own journey and to chart her own path. Yeah. And I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great for our kids to see us in really happy, healthy, fulfilling relationships. I mean, I, I will be the first one to say my parents did not have a happy marriage. There is a reason why they got divorced. And so like, I, I always try to let Dublin see my happiness because like, I, I think I've referenced this to you before, Kendi. I don't, like, really remember, like, ever seeing my parents, like, hug or kiss or anything. And, like... When I, I did, I, I remember it being very begrudgingly. Yeah, for, for yours. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's... I mean, if I do remember, I would say that it was probably along those lines. Mm. Now, my dad and stepmom have a pretty healthy marriage, and they're very affectionate towards one another. Um, but, but yeah, my parents, definitely not. So like, I think it really, I think that definitely had an impact on how I approached some of my, you know, relationships when I was younger. And so I think that our kids seeing us in happy, healthy relationships where, you know, it may not look conventional, but everyone is consenting and everyone has their boundaries and everyone is communicating is so incredibly important. Yeah. That's a difference maker. I yeah. Mean, and, and that is, that that is the difference maker in yeah. <laughs> how their but lives are made up. And they're not only seeing us being happy, but they're included yeah. in that mm -hmm. happiness, right? Yeah. It's not a compartmentalized happiness. No. I'm not one type of happy with my children and one type of happy here with you guys. Mm -hmm. It's it's all one big happiness and right and, and me being able to share you know, with my children, hey, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to be gone for this weekend. Um, or I'm going to be or, gone for a week in Scotland. <laughs> or, or, you know, or sharing with you guys, hey, yeah. I'm going to go on this trip with my kids. Mm -hmm. and, and it's mm -hmm. all one big, huge shared happiness that all blends together. And just like, I mean, just like I could never choose to love my children individually, you know, any more or less, right? Loving one right. of my children doesn't, you know, cause me to love my other child less mm -hmm. it is very much the same and i look at polyamory in very much the same way right yeah. so the, the the love that i bring to my <clears throat> children and to my family adds to the love that i'm able to give in my other relationships for sure well even to kind of piggyback off your point before about them seeing your happiness and it, and then talking about like going to therapy and bettering yourself and then they understand that it's you're a work in progress and yeah. that and that it doesn't just happen and and appreciating that you're putting in the work for yourself and again inspiring them that they have that they they have that within themselves and if they need help if they need that if they need to look up to you in that regard they know they have that model to know that love you can work you can work hard to to better yourself so you can better yourself for others as well and and spread that love around right they understand that, and they also understand that, you know, in terms of relationships, it doesn't have to look like the fairy tale books, right? Yeah. It can definitely be something that they design and that they choose, you know, their own adventure on, as long as all parties, again, are consenting. And so that, for me, like, would have been incredibly life-changing because, yeah, I definitely was, like, just had my head filled with, like, Disney 
love stories and things like that. And I thought that that was a realistic portrait of a relationship. Well, the only realistic Disney movie is a Goofy movie. So that's... I know that you love the Goofy movie, Kendi. I'm really glad that you finally found a way to sneak it into the podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. So, Kendi... <laughs> We're about to open a can of worms here. So, first off... um, Kendi recently went through a name change um, and chose their own name. And we have chosen a new name as a family. So some of you may know us by our old name, but we are now the Jensen Lovings. We are in the legal process of changing that. And so we'll be, for all intents and purposes, the Jensen Lovings. Um, so do you want to talk to us a little bit about maybe that? <laughs> And then kind of talk about coming out to your family and how that maybe didn't go according to plan. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll just address the easy, maybe, well, maybe not the easiest thing, but the most recent thing. Um, so around June, let me back it up. So pandemic hits, right? 2020, we're locked down. And my family wants to start doing these weekly Zooms and we've never been like the most communicative family. Um, that's putting it very nicely. Yeah. Most, most of the communication is handled over like very loud TVs and people yelling at each other and like trying to one up and play the dozens. And I, for, for those of you that, that know me, um, or may not know me, um, I was labeled the angry sibling because I was always picked at and I was always prodded. Um, and when I, you know, would, would set my boundaries or try to set them and say, you know, I don't like this, please don't say that, they would just be knocked down and, you know, trodden over again and again and again. And like, just to, just to kind of clarify, like, can you give us an example of like one of those boundaries? Oh God, there's so many. Um, I, one of the, one of those boundaries is, uh, weight, body image. Yeah. Um, and it started with me. So like, I was a I was a I was a fat kid, and then I grew like six inches taller, and I was not fat, and so it wasn't an issue. And then when I went to college, I gained some weight, and I would go back to my parents or my sister, and the first thing they would say was like, "Oh man, you're looking a little looking a little, a little heavy there." I'm like, I, I didn't I didn't ask for your opinion. Uh, yeah. I, I don't really understand that. Would you, could you leave it alone? But it would be constantly be brought up. Like, well, you, you know, you need to do this and you do that. And it got to the point where I was like, look, this is, this is, this is who I am right now. I, do, I don't really need input, um, but I appreciate, you know, you thinking about me, but I don't, you know, that's, you always put that on as a Southerner because you want to try to be polite, even though you're like, please stop talking to me about yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then it would become like a game. It'd be like, oh man, yeah, look at, look at. He's getting back to his old ways again. He's he's putting on the putting on the pounds, and this is like just the the PGS version. I'm not I'm not even going into the the deeper water right now. But it would it would go on for so long, and I would finally you know have to blow up at somebody in order for them to understand that you're making me feel a way that I don't want to feel. And for whatever reason, the only language that you understand is me just going off of the rails on you. And that's really hard because like body image is so personal, especially when you are a teenager, young adult and going through those changes and like your family is meant to be your safe space. Right. And so like that had to be really, really difficult for you. Well, and it was, I mean, it was all, all growing up. I mean, like I said, I'm keeping a PG right now, but there were many, many other things, many other body image related things that were said to me in quote unquote jest mm -hmm. that have not aged <laughs> didn't age well then yeah and definitely haven't aged well now um, some things are not meant to be joked about <laughs> some things are not meant to be I joked about i wish that more people understood that I, I do too and it's it's uh hey that's why we're in therapy now yeah because we're getting things done so you began setting some boundaries with your family i began setting some boundaries so i you know i made it known that um I guess I need to go back a little bit further too, because there was, well, I'll go back to that when I go to the origin of the polyamory. <laughs> yeah. Basically set boundaries about, you know, what my family, Jamie and our daughter would and would not do. Mm -hmm. And 
um, especially when things started opening up, maybe, you know, mid uh, early 2021, right before Delta hit, um, you know, I was still like, you know, I'm not going to come over and sit in the house um, because there's like no air purification system. And at this point, we still didn't know enough about the virus to know like how susceptible children and everything would be. Right. And so, I mean, and, and kids didn't have vaccines. yet. Kids didn't have vaccines. And that was like, that was our, our over, overarching point. Like kids under five at that point, or just kids period, didn't have vaccines. And so like, I wasn't going to do anything that put myself in a situation where I may be infected and even bring it home. And I definitely wasn't going to bring our daughter into a situation where she could be infected immediately you know, right. upon contact. Yeah. And so I was very hesitant to have family, you know, to do family um, anything. And then there was one summer, I think it was 21, where they wanted to come, us to come to a family reunion in person, like in a metropolitan area where COVID was still raging. And it was a firm no. Um, and so as time went on, you know, I, I would not include us in in for lack of a better term, their calls to action to want to see us. If there was a time where, you know, they're like, hey, we want to see, you know, see the baby. I'm like, well, I need to, I need to see like what's going on in the world before I agree to that, because I'm not going to put us in a situation that could lead to, you know, jeopardize our health in any way. Right. And like, just to clarify for our listeners who like may not know us or like how careful we've been, we were extremely careful (laughs) and are still being careful um, because I am high risk. I have a few different health conditions that make COVID a really not good thing for me to get. I, en- I ended up getting COVID in May, um, and I am still dealing with some of the after effects of that, not nearly to the extent that some people are. I'm very lucky, um, but it really did hit me hard, and I'm very fortunate I had access to antivirals, but the reason why I had access to those antivirals is because we had stayed isolated and we were so careful for so long. And it paid off because if I had gotten the first wave of COVID or the second wave of COVID, there's a very good chance that I could have been very seriously ill mm-hmm. or possibly dead. Yeah. Um, we have health conditions in my family. And I mean, obviously our daughter is very young still. And so we don't know if she has those or not. Um, but there were extremely valid reasons why we stayed so locked down. So we as a polycule, um, whenever we are out in public, we're generally masked. Um, and we don't have close contact with pretty much anybody but like each other. So, and I mean, that's, that's still in practice right now because our daughter has to finish her vaccine series. So for the little littles, um, it's like two doses and then you wait eight weeks and get the third dose. So mm-hmm. we're still waiting on that third dose. Yeah. So, so anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So all this being said, this past summer, you know, uh, there was another attempt for us to show up or, or to get together or something like that. And Your I just, dad wanted us to have lunch. Yeah, he wanted us to have lunch. And uh, he was wanting it at an inconvenient time. So I was like, that's right in the middle of her nap time. Mm-hmm. And at that point, we were on a really strict sleep regimen because she wasn't sleeping. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were kind of on, hanging on a thread. So I was like, I can't do that. You know, is there another time that it can work for you? And I got this real passive aggressive text. It was like, well, whenever you decide to let me see my granddaughter, you let me know. I don't know if that's how the tone was, but that's what I'm going to say it like. <laughs> and, uh, and I just let it go. I was like, I'm not, I, I don't, there's, gentle listeners out there, there's, <laughs> there's some things you do and do not have to do. And every now and then, uh, it's okay to not react because uh, giving in to that uh, is sometimes worse, than, worse off than what you could be. And sometimes people are just looking for the reaction. Some people are just looking for the reaction. And they really just want... And, and again, I was labeled, labeled the angry sibling son uh, because I would take the bait for so long. And I would let it, let it eat away at me until it was you know, nothing left but, a, but an explosion. So after I got that text, let it go. And then I ended up getting like a Dear John text from uh, my mom's phone. It was like... It was a long block of text. And the overarching theme was, uh, you know, we can't believe you would do this to us. We can't believe we, had a, we would have a child that would try to keep our granddaughter away from us. And then the last lines were what really told me what the whole story was. And it was, uh, everyone thinks it's stupid and embarrassing the way you were wearing your father's name. So for those of you who know our former name, I and Jay made the decision early on in our relationship to take each other's names and hyphenate them 
because we see each other as a unit and we see each other in an equitable fashion. So that is why our prior names were Jensen hyphen McDaniel. My family took offense to that and apparently has been harboring that. Right, because they didn't say anything to us. They didn't say anything to us. Whenever we first did it. Right. And we've been married 11 years. Yeah, we didn't hyphenate, we didn't combine our names immediately after we got married. It was a little bit after. Right. But like, I took your name and was known by that pretty much immediately. And then you took my name a few years after. Yeah. And so we've been living like this for over a decade. Yeah. And that text saying everyone thinks it's stupid and embarrassing was really the nail in the coffin because what, and this will feed into my polyamory coming out story. So reading that, that took me out because I had thought we were past this. um, And I didn't think that that kind of a grudge was possible. Um, And so with that, that is what instigated our name change. Right. And, the, and for those of you who know me, I was named after my father. And with the line in that text saying, everyone's embarrassed about the way you're wearing your father's name. Well, I was like, well, if that's the case, then I guess I can choose my own name so that I don't have, you know, I don't have to, to bring shame upon this house anymore. Yeah. Um, so that is why, after a lot of deliberation, I chose Kendi, and my middle name is Zephan Jensen Loving. So Kendi means the loved one, Zephan means loved by God. It's a, it's a variation of Zephaniah, um, mm-hmm. and then Jensen Loving. So that is the story behind the name change. And can I just say, I can't think of a more beautiful and more fitting name for you. Well, because, y'all, help I mean, me, y'all really helped me find it, yeah. so I appreciate you both. We appreciate you. Yeah. So now let's rewind <laughs> into the polyamory coming out. Do you want to say something before I do that? Um, or do you well, want to break it up to like some nice? Um, <laughs> so Kendi and I first began dating when I was married to my first husband. Um, my first husband and I were in a polyamorous marriage. We were, I will say this, we were very young. We did not do a whole lot of homework before we got into polyamory. And that probably uh, definitely led to the outcome that uh, that happened. Um, but Kendi and I started dating um, while I was married to my ex-husband. Um, at one point, my ex-husband started dating another person. And they, you know, were happy for a little bit. And then she broke up with him because she was like, I can't do this. I can't date a married man. Which is perfectly legitimate and also probably a conversation that you should have with yourself before you start dating said married man. Um, Anyway, um, my ex-husband came home and was like, well, you know, I, I got dumped by my girlfriend. You need to dump, um, you need to dump your partner. I'm like, that's not really how that works. (laughs) But before that, I think it was really just a couple of weeks before that happened was when you came out to your family because when you came out to your family, he and I were still married. Yeah, yeah. And y'all were like my source of, main source of support. Yeah. Um, so I came, and I'll never forget this. Um, so I came out to my family the day of my graduation from college. And there's a whole lot, you know, there. I didn't really want to walk anyway. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't want all this stuff. But, you know, again, sometimes the people in your life they want to they want to see this accomplishment for yourself and I was like okay well I guess I'll give into this so I graduated and Jamie was there Mm -hmm. and she was around my family while I was there and you know pictures taken all that stuff and then after the ceremony I went back to my parents house because they were having a little party for me so I was really juiced up I was like yeah I'm gonna and I oh yeah I forgot about this we had lunch with my brother that afternoon because he came in and you know, we went out to eat and... And we told him. We told him. And uh, he was like, okay, cool, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to tell mom tonight. And he was like, I don't think you should fucking do that. <laughs> you know, that may be the smartest thing your brother's ever said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was that was prolific right yeah. there. But, you know, I was, in my mind and heart, I was like, well, I'm happy. You know, why, 
why would they not be happy that I'm happy? Right. And obviously that's, that was very naive, but at the time I just... naive, but I think that that speaks to who you are as a person, Kendi. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, thank you. But I, and I just wanted, I wanted them to know because I just didn't want, like Carl was saying earlier, I didn't want to have these two different lives. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to be one way with them and then one way with you or our other circle of friends. And that's just that's, a, that's exhausting. Yeah. So I figured I'll just get out in the open and then we can just move on because it'll be great. It was not great. <laughs> <laughs> so I get back to my parents' house and uh, you know we're having a you know, party and everything. And then at one point I was like sat down. I was like, hey, I just need to let you guys know um, I'm dating Jamie. And they were like, who? I'm like, Jamie, you met her today. Uh, I was like, yeah. And my brother, I was like, yeah, yeah, you met her. We had lunch. And my mom and my sister, like, went in in the most demeaning, degradating things that yeah. I had ever heard. And, like, the, 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 big, the big take home was um, how, can you think, how can you call yourself a man if, you're, if, you're, if you have a relationship with a woman who can, you know, have sex with whoever she wants to? Or um, maybe, and this was the kicker, so like my dad had gone to bed. Um, that's another layer of therapy, uh, of daddy issues. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> Thank you. And so like my mom was like, maybe I need to go wake your dad up so he can tell you what a real man's like. And, um, you know, that whole sentence is just bonkers to me. <laughs> um, and so that, that completely shattered me because these are, at that point, these were people's opinions who I extremely valued. And I thought they valued me enough to at least want to listen to my side right? and kind of try to understand where I was coming from. But it is such a mononormative um, culture. Yeah. And so, so that, that was, it was a big explosion. It was bad. And well, you didn't speak to them for like a couple of months after that. Yeah. It was radio silence uh, for, for a couple of months. And how old are you? And how right now? No, how old are you when this is going on? This is 2010. This is 12 years ago. I was uh, 24. 23, I think. Yeah, 23, yeah. A grown-ass adult. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and and yet, I was um, I was demeaned like a child. Yeah. And, and, that, and that goes into another layer with my family of me being the youngest of the three and always in that youngest of the three mode Mm -hmm. hence the picking and the scratching and the expecting me to just take it because i'm the youngest sibling right so it didn't speak for a while it was 2010 and then you have your divorce Mm -hmm. and we're still together and then i don't know when things started to reconcile but i guess whenever you got divorced they imagined that us being polyamorous evaporated yeah i think that they thought that we just kind of stopped yeah. Being polyamorous since I no longer had a husband. Right. Which is not how that works. <laughs> no. You would... It was not a phase? No, it was not a phase, okay. turns out. <laughs> <laughs> I still listen to my chemical romance, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then we get married in 2011. Mm-hmm. And again, I think this is a, a reinforcement of them thinking that we're just not polyamorous. And that's just, and then, so... But we never told them. We never told them that we were not yeah. polyamorous. Like, I mean, we, we weren't hiding anything right i mean we weren't you know shoving it in anyone's face either correct but yeah there was no like secrecy correct and so that was the thing like but i still felt unwelcome and i know you did oh yeah (laughs) i I know you 100 percent did and so that trickled on for you know over well over a decade and then we come back to the text message that I get in June of this year right. saying, you know, we all think it's embarrassing and stupid that how you have, you know, done this to your father's name. Um, so my polyamory coming out story, um, it was a negative immediate experience. Um, and yet I am happier than I have been right now. I am hap- that happier than I have been in my entire adult life. I am surrounded by love. I am continuously working on myself. (laughs) Um, I'm a, I'm a father. Uh, I am, I'm still able to 
you know, seek my passions. And, you know, I had to say okay to that, to those feelings from them. Mm-hmm. And I got to keep growing. Yeah. And, you know, I, got, I don't want to usurp this entire episode. Um, <laughs> but I feel like, you know, when parents have, when you have children and you tell them, hey, go out and learn all these things. Right. Hey, go out and have these experiences. Well, and when you instill in them values of curiosity mm-hmm. and learning and mm-hmm. loving and things like that, you can't be surprised when they take those lessons to heart and then govern themselves accordingly. Right. It's like, I told you to learn that, but not like that. Right. Yeah. I can't, I just can't imagine you being the angry one because that is so not the person that you present yourself within, you know, within this unit. And, and just as the person that I have known for five years, I, I, I don't know if that just undermines everything that happened, right? If you, if that, that person and, and that family was so just bizarrely dysfunctional from the start and, and, and just never changed that way. I mean, all, everybody's family has some level of dysfunction because yeah. that's yeah. late stage capitalism that's you know, going at us. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's, yeah. how, that's how that works. But I, I can't see how anybody could have that perception of you. I can't see how, I can't see how anyone would have that perception of you. Especially when, I mean, all you were asking for were pretty reasonable boundaries. And, like, the other, like, level to this is, as a parent, it would take, I don't even know what it would take for me to disown my child. I mean, I know that I have a two-year-old, and so I'm speaking from a place of privilege on this, right? Like, she's not an adult with adult feelings and things like that. But, like, I just cannot imagine what it would take for me to take that step. And I especially can't imagine taking that step when you're the kid, like you're a pretty cool person and you're a really nice and kind and loving person. You're successful. You're, I'm, I'm still mystified by this clearly. So go on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And like, that's, I guess that's the next layer. Like, yeah, I, I have been basically disowned by my family. Like I got paperwork taking me off of trusts yeah and things so it's like well and and the thing is like the the added layer of like what the hell with all of that is you're not a person who cares about any of that like you're not a person who cares about money i mean and so like that not i think that they really thought that that was going to do something to you and that that was going to like make you I was going to make me jump, is what they yeah, thought. And it shows how little they knew you to start with. Right. And, and I can't imagine how sad that makes me feel for them because they are missing out on an awesome person. Yeah. Well, and that's, again, not one to usurp the rest of this episode, <laughs> but that's how I feel. And, you know, I could be, I could be angry, Kendi. I could be, I could lash and wail. But at the end of the day, you know, I know who's here for me. Mm-hmm. And I can't spin my wheels with folks that either don't or won't understand. Family is not always blood relations. You're right. You hear that? <laughs> Chosen family out there. I'd be calling you. I'd be yeah. texting. <laughs> so I guess I guess that leads us to me. Um, so first off, um, my mother passed away in 2011. So um, I got divorced in 2010. So I was not out to any of my parents. My mother had remarried, so I have a stepfather. And then my father remarried, so I have a stepmother. Um, I was not out to anybody at that point. I ended up coming out because I was getting divorced. And my mom was like, uh, why? <laughs> why are y'all getting divorced? Because we thought everything was cool. And the thing is, everything had been cool right up until it wasn't. Um... And so, yeah, I just told them, I was like, you know, I am dating this person, which I, you have to wonder if they like had drawn oh, any conclusions. I mean, my family, you were, you were around 
happened all the time. And my family the same way. They were like, you know, we, we knew something was going on because you were always texting. I'm yeah. like, people text. Even though you did yell at me for the phone that I had because it wasn't like an iPhone at the time. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, I, I told, I told my mom during that process, um, she accused me of being a cheater. Um, I that. <laughs> oh, you forgot that? Jeez. No, I, I have not. Um, accused me of being a cheater and, you know, being unethical and going against God and the whole nine yards. And, um, no, <laughs> that's actually not what this is at all. And I tried to explain that to her, but she was not in a place where she would be willing to listen to that. Um, for the, for any of you listening who knew my mother, um, my mother was a good person in a lot of ways. Um, she did a lot of good things. She was kind to a lot of people. Um, there were some things with parenting that she maybe didn't do so great with. And I am in the process of deconstructing all of that in therapy. Um, I don't need you to email me, message me, whatever, talking about how good my mom is, because that has definitely happened before. Whenever I so much as hinted that my mother did something wrong, <laughs> um, that is not helpful to someone's healing journey. So please don't do it. Um, but yeah, so I had a pretty negative experience with that and a whole lot of, you know, we're going to pray for you and et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think that kind of like your parents, I think that my mom and stepdad assumed that when my first husband and I divorced and then, you know, it was just you and I dating that that was that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we magically weren't polyamorous anymore. I never really confirmed or denied that. I just kind of let them think whatever they wanted to think. And I did that pretty purposefully because that first conversation had gone so badly, why would I want to open that conversation back up? And if you are a parent listening to this, know that, that if you do not create a safe space for your children to talk to you, they're not gonna freaking talk to you, all right? And I know that as a parent, I would much rather my child feel like they can come and talk to me at any point in time about anything, rather than feeling rather than them feeling like they can't talk to me about a really important part of their life. So um, we didn't really talk about it. And my mom didn't know I was queer either, unless she like, I don't know, snooped through my phone or something. Um, she ended up passing in 2011 um, from complications um, from an autoimmune disorder that she had. And um, I think at some point in that process, I think I might've mentioned it to my stepmom and dad that we were polyamorous. We didn't really have an in-depth conversation about it though. Um, fast forward to 2015. So 2015, I came out as queer. And in that process, I mean, publicly coming out as queer, my friend group had known um, at that point for many years. My friend group in college knew, my friend group, you know, as a young adult knew, but I wasn't out to like everyone until 2015. If you know me now, you know that it's it's not entirely out of character for me to walk into a room and just say, move, I'm gay. Um, <laughs> the boys over are, are like nodding. Um, so in the process of coming out, I obviously opened myself up to dating more, right? And so um, I ended up kind of coming out to them again because later on that year, I started dating a woman. And so their kind of take was, you know, well, we don't really get it, but you know, that's fine. Like you do you, thanks for letting us know. Um, and that's kind of been <laughs> their attitude throughout this entire thing. And like my stepmom, like has listened to the podcast and um, yeah, hi, hi, Kathy, if you're listening. Hola. <laughs> I'm really not trying to give you gray hair, I swear. Um, you know, they, they approach things with, you know, a spirit of curiosity and trying to achieve a sense of understanding They're They've never been disrespectful about it ever. Nope. If anything, you know, there are some things that have made them scratch their heads. I think that my dad is still processing the fact that I'm dating Carl. I think in his mind, it made more sense when I was dating women. <laughs> uh, and then like, I threw a cishet dude in here and he's like, what? <laughs> does not compute yeah which you know i mean i can i can kind of understand but no i mean my my stepmom is incredibly supportive which is awesome on a few different levels right like it's awesome to have that really supportive parent 
And two, it's awesome to have a step parent who's that supportive. Um, I call her my bonus parent. Um, so yeah, they've, they've always approached things from this kind of sense of, you know, wanting to understand and be respectful. They have met several of my partners, including Carl. Um, Carl is the one other than Kendi that's been the most liked, by the way. Um, Kendi, <laughs> my, <laughs> Ooh, thank God. Hey, um, my stepmom told me once upon a time, she was like, yeah, if you and Kendi like ever were to get divorced or anything, just understand that we are keeping him. And so you two will have to be amicable. <laughs> and, um, she told me the other day that Carl is kind of on the same path, which I totally understand. Um, but yeah, I did have a funny conversation with her the other day. Um, my sister recently got a boyfriend and it's one of my brother's, um, good friends. And my dad was kind of like scratching his head over the choice, I think. And was like, really? Like, this is the dude that you're going to be dating? Um, but my stepmom was like, but you know, like you've really kind of trailba trailblazed a path for your siblings <laughs> because after your dating experiences, like anything that the two of them do is probably going to be pretty mild by comparison. <laughs> Small potatoes. <laughs> I don't know whether to like be proud of that or, you know, or what. I think you have, you should have the full range of emotions with Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, like, that's an example. I mean, if you if you are a parent and you have a kid who's polyamorous and that's how you found this podcast, like, it is perfectly understandable if you don't quite get it, right? Like, we were, Kathy and I were talking the other day and she was like, you know, I, I definitely understand how older people felt when I was a kid. You know, I was always like, why can't they understand this? She was like, and now I'm the older people and I don't understand this. But like the difference is, is that she's coming at it from a place of respect and wanting to understand, even if she can't understand, she's still going to respect it. And I think that that's kind of what all of this boils down to, right? Is if you've got somebody who's recently in your family, who's recently come out to you as polyamorous, or if you are about to come out to your family as polyamorous, I think the goal should be respect. Mm. You know, it, it may be that your parent, your sibling, whatever, it may be that they never quite understand what it is that you're doing. <laughs> and you kind of have to make your peace with that. But as long as they're respecting it, then whatever, right? I mean, it's fine. Yeah. You know, as long as they're not actively being disrespectful to you, your partners, whatever, then who cares if they don't exactly understand it? I yeah. mean, well, but they see you yeah. and they see your family and they see the effects that being surrounded by the love that you have, right? How that affects all of the people around you and nobody is being hurt by this at all. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's ultimately another thing to keep in mind as you're coming out into your family. It's definitely easier to do when you're in a relationship that's super healthy and super communicative and and things like that if you're in a relationship that's pretty turbulent then i wouldn't really expect a whole lot of approval necessarily right. um but yeah i mean approaching this from a place of you know respect and understanding is the ultimate goal i'm sure we've gone way over the time that we had planned i probably should have split this up into a two-parter but boys any final thoughts well i think the uh one of the things that I find most refreshing about this relationship is the kitchen table aspect of it. Yes. Right. And I think that's a word that we've thrown around a couple of times and yes. really haven't defined, but kitchen table version of polyamory is one where all of the members of the different relationships. And so we, so Jamie forms the hinge and I, I'm on one side of it and Kendi's on one side of it. And then she has comma partners who sort of float in and out mm -hmm. of, of her orbit. Um, but in that, we all sit down and we all know about each other, are friendly with each other, talk to each other, know each other, love each other. We have dinner at Tokyo House together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... When, when all of the parties can do that, right? When they can all behave like grown-ass adults, it makes it easier for everybody else to see 
the positive impacts and the mm-hmm. things right. that, that, that make my life better, right? I am a better person for all of the relationships that I'm a part of. Right. right. And I mean, and kitchen table is just one version of polyamory, right? Not everybody goes for kitchen table. I will say that I don't think that I can be in anything but kitchen table at this point in my life. Um, I, I have tried to to venture outside of that whenever mm-hmm. we first started dating mm-hmm. and it, it did not go well for me. Um, and that was, that was a really big eye opening learning experience for me. So Kendi, you know, your chosen family will really be there for you in good times and bad. Yeah. And it's really evident, um, as you grow or as I have grown, um, how much more, empathy I can feel for others mm-hmm. um, rather than rage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to anyone out there, again, as Jay was saying, if you are thinking about coming out to your family as polyamorous or if you are the parent or sibling or a loved one of a person who is polyamorous, just offer them the same respect you would for any other relationship to tell you about. Um, and know that just because it's a different style of relationship doesn't make it any less valuable and any less um, uh, warranted in this world. Yeah. And just one kind of final closing thought. If for me, so I've, I've definitely come out and been out more as being polyamorous in the past year. I've lost some friendships because of that. But if you're going to lose a relationship because you are out and being proud about who you are, then maybe you never had that relationship in the first place. Maybe, maybe it needs to break. Maybe it needs to be rebuilt. Maybe it needs to just go by the wayside. And, so and that's ba- okay. It was based on a foundation that wasn't right. real. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have, I have definitely faced some turmoil as a result of coming out. And we'll, we'll talk more about that in a future episode. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is that I will take that turmoil any day over the inner turmoil that I would have mm. if I was not out and proud about who I am and who I love. Because I am not ashamed of any of the people that are in my life. So on that note, we're going to wrap this up. If you have um, not checked it out. We do have a really handy dandy link tree um, that you can access via, via our social media. You can check us out on Instagram, TikTok, um, and Facebook as well. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to help us pay for hosting, then feel free to cash app dollar sign the modern loving fam. And we look forward to chatting with you next time. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.